Welcome to episode 205 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. This show was recorded on Monday, December the 17th, 2018. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com. I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and all sorts of other information, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. And now, here are the Spokesmen. Hi there. I'm Carlton Reed, and today's show is an audio interview that I conducted last week with London Cycling and Walking Commissioner Will Norman. The interview was for a piece I wrote up for Forbes.com earlier today concerning the launch of London's five-year cycling action plan. Will was with the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, this morning for a photo op to introduce the plan. Sorry, the audio isn't up to recent standards. I had to record Will via a Skype call to his cell phone. There's even an errant bit of vacuum cleaning in the background. That's not from London City Hall. Uh, Clean though, of course, it may be. It was actually my wife hoovering downstairs. Anyway, here's Will. We have a, you know, we have a climate change emergency, we have toxic air crisis, we have an inactivity crisis in London, and with the significant growth that's coming over the coming years, they're only going to exasperate these challenges. So, as you know, the Mayor's Transport Strategy set out a need to change the way we move around our city, a shift to greener, cleaner, more sustainable, more efficient modes of transport. And cycling, as we've recognised from, from the very outset of this, is absolutely a, criti- is a critical part of it. So the cycle action plan follows the mid transport strategy in the same way and it is integrated with the Vision Zero plan, the, the walking plan, and it sort of, it wants to do, it outlines, you know, really significant investment in cycling. The, the TFL business plan that was published last week um, sets out the sort of 2.3 billion um, investment in the healthy streets portfolio over the, over the next five years. And I think given the financial constraints that exist at the moment, that really just shows how much the mayor is prioritising that that healthy, active travel, the walking and cycling. The plan itself is how we're going to deliver this unified cycle network across London. I suppose in some ways we were left with a bit of a mess in terms of branding and and, uh, in terms of... It sort of confuses people. We've we've done market research in terms of... um, particularly those people who maybe are new to cycling or are thinking about cycling. And what's the cycle by, what's the quiet way, what's the mini Holland, what's the London grid? You know, we, we basically need a network of, 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 of cycleways that are, that are good and, and that are high quality. So one of the shifts in, in this plan is to shift towards just cycleways, the network there, but mm-hmm. ensuring the new standards are, are, are there because one of the criticisms that we've got, um, we've had, and I think uh, we sort of take that on board, is the standards haven't been always up to the quality that we would want them to be on. Um, I, we've already started changing that uh, in advance of the plan. I, I wrote to all the boroughs earlier this year, 
you know, they've all been used and we're saying no to schemes that aren't good enough quality. But those standards include the sort of obviously the volume of traffic along roads, the speed of traffic, the width, the amount of space for cyclists and the turning vehicles, number of heavy goods vehicles as well as curbside activity. And, and what we want is to say that, well, if those are, 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 are seen in any way, then we're looking at segregated cycling on there. That's the sort of, um, in addition to that, the plan sets out our delivery for the new routes and, 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 and how we're going to deliver this, this network. As well as delivering this network, particularly for new people cycling, for those people who are considering cycling, which for me is the critical audience here. We need to make our, our routes safer for those people who are already cycling and making London streets better for cyclists. But we also need to attract the new, new cyclists, people who are thinking about it, Maybe those people who have a, a bike in the shed that doesn't get out very often, if at all, um, bike on a balcony, how do we get them off the balconies on, onto the street? We need to find a way way, way round that, uh, that, that network. So the, the, for me, the, 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 the cycling infrastructure database is the sort of lays the foundation for our future digital wayfinding, app-based journey planning. And we're already using that data for our own... Hello? Yeah, um, so it's a bit Sorry. like OpenStreetMap then. Pardon? It's a bit like the the cycling infrastructure database is a bit like OpenStreetMap in that it's going to be open source, but it's lots and lots of data yes, points. Exactly. So we will we will um, we started using that ourselves. We're looking with with Nature. We're going to put it up and open out because you know we've already done some active travel hackathons and the energy and sort of uh, the the energy passion and ideas that are out there in terms of that developer community are, are, are fantastic and, and a real asset and what scares me the most is the amount of inactive kids that we have in london i think about 80 percent of, uh, of london kids like most cities around the world uh, are, are are inactive um which is essentially because we've designed activity out of everyday life and so we've got a sort of particular focus on more engagement with schools, increasing the amount of cycle training, and I want that to be you know, aligned with the infrastructure. So we, we can build it and they will come. All our evidence shows that. Where we invest, people come, people come and cycle. We've got numbers increasing where the investment goes in. But not everybody comes, and that's why we need to do more proactive stuff in terms of engaging communities, making sure that the people cycling on our, on our streets and enjoying cycling actually reflects the diversity of London's population. Um, so I think that sort of getting the next generation to, to fall in love in cycling is essential. We, we've got a pipeline of routes and infrastructure we're building. We need that pipeline of future cyclists and people people loving it. You know, people people having fun and being out there. What, what do you? What, what, yeah, go on. No. So what, what do you think critics? So that that's your point of view. That's obviously. That's the way you're looking at this from. What do you think critics will think of your plan? And critics, I'm including here both, um, uh, maybe, oh, don't want to stereotype too much here, but cabbies on the embankment. There's two types of critics. And then cycle advocates. Yeah, there's, uh, so there's, I there's two critics. There's two sides of the critics. One are the people who are opposed to cycling and, uh, and any intervention in terms of uh, that. Which, you know, there's a whole raft of them. You, you only need to go onto a Twitter feed to see the people who are, are saying that, saying, oh, more cycle lanes um, it will increase congestion. Actually, that's totally wrong. And, and, and I think we have, you know, all the evidence shows that way the cycle, pulling in cycle lanes, making it, enabling it, more people to cycle in London, making it safer for people in cycling, alleviates congestion. You know, there was the independent report published last year that showed that 
congestion in London is from road work, it's from development, it's from broken down vehicles, it's too many cars. So we need more cycle networks, we need more cycle routes, more centre cycling in London. So I, I refute this idea that more cycle lanes create more congestion. They are absolutely critical. It's too, you know, that, that issue around congestion is, is different characteristics in different parts of London. Now, central London, you know, it, it's not all, you know, the mode shift to cars is absolutely central. The fact that a quarter of a million car journeys every morning are associated with a school run is a sort of, it's still my sort of shocking statistic of the week because so many of those are local journeys. How do we get them to be more walking, more cycling? And obviously the infrastructure, working with the schools, making it safer is, is part of that. Um, I suppose the other side of the criticism is from those people who have sort of said that we are going too slowly. Is this just a, another plan? Mm. Why, aren't, why aren't you getting on with it? Um, uh, which I think is, uh, you know, which is another part of the, you know, another side of the criticism, probably the opposite end, opposite end of that, uh, that criticism. Um, uh, from, uh, sorry, that opposite end of the spectrum that we were talking about. Um, and, and for them, I sort of say, well, we are building, we are going at pace. We've, uh, we've I think, uh, the previous, you know, as you know, the um, mayor made a commitment to triple the amount of protected space for cycling in London as part of that, um, as part of his manifesto, as part of his election campaign and, uh, in the run-up to, to when he was elected. And I think 50 kilometres of protected space were built by May 2016. We are delivering. This stuff is happening. Um, we, we've, all, we've already nearly doubled it. We will, we will triple it by the end of this term. But this plan sets out how we're going to do that, the, the, the phasing and the delivery of the future routes. And it really just emphasises why, you know, Sadiq's been criticised that, uh, that, 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 that he's not prioritising, prioritising cycling. I think the fact that we've got this investment, we've got this plan, we've got this evidence-led approach is, is actually critical. I suppose the other piece that is, you know, which is associated with the delivery is that, oh, um, it, it's been slowed down and, and that sort of thing. And I suppose one of the things that we are doing is we want a network of cycle routes across London for, for all Londoners. And just delivering on the 5% of roads that are controlled by TfL mm. and the Mayor mm. will never ever create that pan-London network that is so important. So that is why working with the boroughs in a collaborative way is absolutely critical. And you can see where boroughs share the same ambition of us. We are seeing those results. We're investing in, in there. So this is a sort of delivery. This is not just a plan for, for City Hall and TfL. Delivering it is going to require the sort of hard work, creativity of the boroughs, communities, businesses, and, and everyone in London who's passionate about improving the city. So talking about the boroughs, the, and, and going slightly backwards, the, the Tower Bridge to Greenwich um, announcement earlier this week, in, in a small print, yes. it says consultations in effect are still taking place with, with Greenwich. So how secure can you be in your, your belief that you'll get spades in the ground next summer? So the, the consultation piece is actually with Greenwich, it's with Southwark, um, right. and the key piece there is the lower road gyratory due to the enormous uh, sort of development that's going on. There's a British land space, a uh, British land development in Surrey Keys that is just going to transform that area. And anything that is built now and we put public money into needs to be future-proofed for, for that development, which is why that gyratory piece at, at lower road has has taken longer because of the um, making sure that we understand fully what's going on within that development. We are confident that we, you know, obviously we've not just been sitting back waiting for this to happen. This has been ongoing discussions with partners in, 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 in Southwark. 
we are confident that we have a plan that is uh, that, that we can we can deliver. And um, obviously, that, that route is longer than just the, the section in Southwark. So the plan is to start the construction as we as anticipated, and the consultation for the lower road piece will go out. People can have their say and, and improve that scheme. Uh, and then the two, you know, it will be a sort of seamless construction along the whole route, which is why we face the, the announcements have, as we have. Mm. And going back to where you're talking about the objections that are raised, certainly on the embankment route, but on, on all cycleways really, about the congestion. If you take a, a, a motor lane away, it leads to congestion. How, how can you how can you tackle that? Have you got any promotional budget to actually? So rather than just arguing with you know cycle advocates and saying you know they, they've got to take this argument to to Lord Winston, etc. Is there any promotional budget you can you can throw at this to 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 tell people in general that you know this is actually not true? Uh, so I think sitting alongside the cycling plan is a plan for increasing the communications and how we're communicating. And there's sort of three levels to that. One is continuing to make the case for why cycling is so important. Secondly, it's about sort of showing the uh, sort of uh, engaging those people who maybe are not cycling at the moment, thinking about it. As I said, there's about bikes on balconies, cycles in sheds, uh, mm. sort of people of how we can we can get that out. And engaging, sort of, and, and not just in terms of press releases, but actually using social media influences on Instagram, Twitter, and, and other things, engaging communities along the routes where we've got. So there's sort of two pieces of that, continuing to make that case for cycling uh, through, 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 through TFL communications and, the city, and, the, and, the, and our uh, city hall communications, but also widening it up to a wider group of advocates, not just cycling. Uh, it, it's interesting, we recently published a whole uh, piece of work that we've been putting together, the evidence around the economic benefits of cycling, which has got, you know, really shows the benefits that this brings in terms of the, for, for the, for the economic, sort of uh, thrive, thriving economic communities across the city, both in terms of big business and small business. And, and using that data to, to champion this in areas where maybe, you know, the, the the messaging hasn't got through historically. And how far are you down the line with uh, rebranding? So getting rid of quiet ways, and, and I'm assuming cycle superhighways as a name will also disappear. Yeah. So as we go forward, we're not going to nothing will be called a you know the, the term cycle superhighway and, and quiet way will will, forget, will, will will not be used in the future. But I want this to be very much a forward-looking plan. I think that no one would appreciate going back and spending the whole time sort of mm. redoing everything that we've done in the past. We need to move forward. We need to push on with the delivery. And this is very much future-focused. And the sort of retrofit will be over time, but that isn't going to be the focus of our work at all. But unifying the message is important. And oh, completely. To get rid of the and that will be part of it. But you, you know as well as I do how long it takes to signpost things when it's not actually on your road. Mm. And then things like Mini Hollands, which I'm sure confuses a lot of people because not everybody knows that well, you know, we, Netherlands is a cycling country. It just, it must just, they don't understand why it's called Mini Holland. I overheard a conversation in the playground outside my kids' school the other day. I said, why is it called Mini Holland? We're not in Holland. This mm. isn't Holland. Why is it called that? And I think, you know, that actually you go out to the Waltham Forest and you cycle down Leebridge Road, you go out to the fantastic new routes in Enfield or, or Kingston, you know, these are, these are some really high quality protected space. It's very confusing from a, from a 
from a customer perspective, from our from our from a cyclist perspective, from people who don't necessarily know to follow the sort of Twitter ins and outs mm. space. You know, what what is this called compared with the cycle superhighway and, and what am, what am I actually going to expect when I when I go on these routes? And I think that you know, some of the feedback that we have is not all the quiet ways are quiet and not all the super super superhighways are super. So how do we mm-hmm. actually make a network that actually has a quality standard across there, but actually people can, un- uh, can can anticipate and understand what they're going to be cycling on where? Now, of course, out here in the sticks, we're very jealous of what you've got in, in London, both having a plan at all and having some cash to, to put behind that plan. But then you've got places like Manchester, which are actually coming up on the outside. And, and you've got Chris Boardman as a as a, as a as the uh, in effect, the equivalent to you there. Um, yeah. So, h- how much are you looking over your shoulder and thinking, "Oh crikey, we we were leading, but well, potentially we might not be leading anymore." So I think we still are leading, and I, I'm not going to go down the. the, the I think, you know, London is still investing more. We're delivering more, and uh, and you can see the changes that are happening on the ground. But I, I'm delighted. I was up in Manchester seeing Chris uh, a few a few well, fairly recently. My sister lives in Manchester. The more and, and cycle directly, the more you know, the better Manchester is, the better it is for everyone in the UK. And I think what's really exciting is that we're beginning to see, you know, whereas London has been a sort of at the forefront of this uh, and, and catalyzed the sort of change in, in cycling in urban areas in the UK, um, we're seeing other cities taking this on board. So Chris's role in, in, in Manchester, you can see good stuff happening in Leicester. Bristol, other cities are really taking an interest in this. I think the critical piece is around the funding, and that's why I think that the DF, you know, it still sits on the marginally within the Department of Transport and this government. And I think actually it, it shows by the amount of money that goes into our road network and into sort of car infrastructure rather than cycling and walking infrastructure. And I think that's where we need more funding that allows more cities to, to build the sort of network that we are in London. But London has led the way even for, for, say, Newcastle. So, you know, you can actually point to the embankment route, the route going past the Houses of Parliament and think, well, if, if London can do it, then then we can do it too. So you, you have got that. Yeah. You, you, we've got to look, you, you've got to be, you're looked up to, in effect, and you're, you're leading the way. And I think that's why we have to continue to do that. It's, you know, one of the most exciting things I think about this job is that London is a capitalist, not just in terms of people look towards London, not just in terms of the UK, but also globally in terms of what's going on. Mm. And that's why it's so important we keep pushing the barriers. The, um, the work we've been doing around the direct vision standard, and I think the, the lorry safety is, is a really good example of that. It's London that's been leading that piece of work. Now the European Commission are looking to, to, to roll that out across Europe. Now that will change the way the trucks are designed across the whole, the whole European supply chain. That comes out of London and everybody will benefit from that. Not just London, not just the UK, but actually across, uh, across the whole continent. And it's that thing, I think, that's why London plays such an important role. And that's why we have to, you know, that's why we are continuing to push the boundaries with the, with the funding, with the innovation and, and the investment that we're doing.